Join Unrivaled Thursday at the warehouse from 3 to 6 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! All right. <laughs> Question of the day. You can hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter. David DJ James on Twitter. DJ and PCAM Facebook. The Rose Bowl. Can the Utes cash in on it? Can they take the program to another level? Not just the football team, although that obviously, but also the entire athletic department. How much can this change everything? How much can they cash in on this? A lot, a lot, a lot. Now, we had the discussion earlier, and I think that there's a... It's it's a... It's like one of those Excel spreadsheets. There's all kinds of columns and all kinds of lines to fill in. Very true. And when you said this, the first thing I went to is, they did cash in. That was my immediate take. 04, you go to the Fiesta Bowl, you're the first BCS buster, you had a coaching change, which is difficult, and you had a lot of talent leave the program, either because they were seniors or they left early to go to the pros. And so that hurt. But four years later, you were undefeated in the Sugar Bowl. So to some degree in recruiting, you cashed in. And you cashed in on the Super Bowl, you were in the Pac-12 a couple years later. Now, where you got me is they didn't cash in to the level everyone hoped, because they went 5-7 and seven in, the, uh, in the Pac-12 twice. And they didn't win the division when the door was wide open, and USC was on probation and had scholarship reductions. And they didn't win the division and get to the Pac-12 title game during that. USC got back to the full complement of scholarships and got through their, I think it was two years they couldn't go bowling. And they got through all of that, and you just didn't cash in on it. So, okay, you got me there. Now, there are other areas to cash in. And you brought up one, and that's facilities. And certainly the one where it's all going to go back to is money, because so many things go back to money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look at, they didn't finish the south end zone until now. Fiesta Bowl was 2004. Yep. That's almost 20 years ago. And that was woefully inadequate. Everybody knew it. Coaches doing post games out on the field where fans could yell at them. It was and embarrassing. did. Oh, there were multiple awkward moments there. Yeah. yeah. And coaches learning to stay under the overhang so as few people could see them as possible. Right. And so right. now you're kind of standing in a doorway. It's like nothing about doing post game in a doorway screams were big time. Exactly. It actually screams the exact opposite. Right. And players are getting, you know, go down to the facility down the down guardsman because this one wasn't very good. Yeah. Now it's beautiful. That took a long time to get to. You can't, whatever the next improvements are, and it's, it's like painting a bridge. By the time you get to one end, you got to start over. So it's like it's never done. Mark Harlan's job is never done. He may have projects that are done, but the job is never done. It's, it's, it's nonstop, right? Because Phil Knight's going to do something, and you got to keep up. You just have to. And it's sort of unfortunate, in a sense, that that's what you have to do. But when you're recruiting these 17, 18-year-olds, they like the shiny things. Like, remember when the helmets were a big thing? I'm thinking, who gives a flying you-know-what about the helmets? You know what I mean? And the answer to that is uh, really talented 17- yeah. and 16-year-old football players. But shiny helmets and 3D and this and that. So and that, that but, but it matters. <laughs> so that's the reality in the world in which you live in. It's crazy as it is, and it is crazy, and since priorities are are out of whack. But, I mean, priorities in sports have been out of whack for a long time. These dudes, the guys are stiffs. 
John Wall making $40 million. I mean, he's not going to have any value on uh, society the way some great chemistry teacher is in high school or a coach in high school. But he didn't make the system, so yeah, I mean, yeah, right, right. And the coaches, you know, I mean, they've they've done a try to do a better job with the salaries for teachers and all, and and uh, the other folks that are out there and healthcare, and we all know that we've all heard those stories a million times over. But that's the way it is, and it's the way it is with college sports. You know, it's big time. It's a big time, multi million dollar business, and so you can't wait another fifteen years, whatever the next thing is that needs to be done. Like, for Utah wants to have a better baseball program, right? Well, they got a nice little practice field, but they want to get that on campus, you know? So how much is that going to take? And you know, why, why can't they be better? We've seen the Oregons be better. I mean, they're not exactly in, in, in Tempe where the sun is so what's it going to take? degrees. We thought it was going to take good weather, but if you can win in Corvallis and Oregon State's won the whole thing, the College World Series. If you can do that in Corvallis, you got to be able to pull it off in lots of places. Yeah, and they've got a premier program, and they recruit heavily here. I've seen them. I know of firsthand experience. And so there's some talent here, but a lot of talent doesn't want to go here. And Let's see what we can do. I would love to have these uh, Utah playing meaningful baseball games in their own stadium in April and May uh, with the uh, Pac-11 because Colorado doesn't play. But uh, going down the stretch there to try to win a conference and get in and, and maybe host a region, I don't know, sub-regionals, whatever they're called now, that would be awesome. And that's just one thing. But So from that perspective, it, it took a long while for Utah to cash in yeah, a couple on things. the bowl yeah. appearances. I Co- don't think they really did. A couple things happened. After 08, the economy melted down, so I think that slowed down projects. And sure. then when they got in, when the economy bounces back, they prioritized, and I think correctly, they prioritized the Death Star football facility because players are in it every day. And I think there was the thought, how much are the Utes going to win? And how big a stadium do we need? And what do we want to do in that end zone? we got to do it right. And we don't want to build seats we can't fill. So... Do the practice facility first because players are in it every day. And B, you don't know exactly what you need. And it became pretty clear, buying a few extra years, that what they need are, no, are more premium seats. They, they're going to need a lot more money, and selling a ticket for 20 or 50 or 100 bucks isn't going to get them where they need to go. And I think that's the next thing. When you cash in in 2021... It's clear the arms race isn't slowing down. We just saw football coaches' salaries accelerate. And you're in a good spot with Kyle. I mean, it's blowing people's minds that Kyle makes $5.2 million when USA Today comes out with the list and everybody sees that, plus bonuses. But whenever the day comes when you have to replace Kyle, the odds are you're going to pay even more. Oh, yeah, I got you. And whether well, if you go if you promote someone in house, maybe you don't get caught up in one of these spectacular salary explosions that we just saw. With I don't think Florida got caught up in it the way uh, USC LSU did. Notre Dame chose not well, to. They promoted from within, and maybe they got their guy in house. The more proven commodity, the more you're going to pay. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it wasn't cheap to get Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma. Nope. Because these guys and Brian Kelly and and uh, Oklahoma, they've got great setups. They're great programs. And so it wasn't easy yeah. to get Crystal Ball out, out of uh, Oregon. That was expensive. 
There you go. That was probably the most expensive one. So I don't know what they'll do when that time comes. I don't know if Mark is going sure. to be the AD but, then. So, But I don't know if they go in-house, they go out-house. Outhouse probably isn't the right word. Out of house. A preposition <laughs> makes a big difference. Hope they don't go outhouse. No. That, that they, wouldn't be good. They just need to cash in to the utmost. So the thing is that you have to grow your budget 5 and $10 million at a time, especially when you have a chance with the Rose Bowl. You know, all the donors, and it was out on social media. It's not a secret. There's like 11 levels of donors in the Crimson Club. You know, there's people giving 40 grand, 30 grand, 20 grand. So they're in these different levels and they have a different priority on buying Rose Bowl tickets. Oh, they'll take whatever you can give them. Right. And some folks can and give so, more than others. How much do those people, and, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an extra 5, 10, 25 grand. Uh, Kyle might be back in a Rose Bowl in a year or two. And, uh, you know, I know somebody and look how they cashed in because they were level eight versus level three or however the heck that I stuff gotcha. works. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So to that level, you got to cash in because the athletic budgets aren't going south and the coaching salaries aren't going south. They're going to grow. So you got to cash in financially. And you're right. There will be another facility. And yeah, it's on and on. Yep. And I, that's why I think that this is just super important for them to maximize. Now, I don't even know what maximization is. I can't necessarily define it. But it's coming. But they've got to do it. There will be something done to the stadium in five or ten years. And I don't know what it'll be, but there'll be something. The thing's not going to sit there and look exactly the same 20 years from now. Right. And that's just one example. I mean, we didn't know analysts were going to be a thing until they were. And now it makes sense. We talked to Jordan Wynn one day when we saw him back on campus and uh, out on a practice. You know, what are you doing? He's like, I watch film of a lot of quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks will never set foot on the University of Utah, but you got to make sure. You can't miss a diamond in the rough because you didn't watch his video. So you got to go watch his video. Does this kid make all the throws? Do we need to take another look at this guy? And that goes right into your conversation with Kyle yesterday, which he's answered that question before, and he always answers it the same way. He's telling you the truth. Like, you do have to invest all the time in getting these guys, and they may walk out before they ever play a game. And that does suck, but there's no other way to do it. You can't not bring a guy in. And if anything, all these analysts have more film to watch because now you got to watch everybody in the transfer portal in addition to all the high school kids you are already watching. I think this is off the topic a little bit to, to the, the pertinent topic, but I, I do think there's something that you can do to when you recruit these kids to let them know we really want you, but we don't really want you until 2023. Yeah, and those further conversations. <laughs> like, yeah. are, are you, are, do you think you're going to play right away? Are you really, like, there's stuff you've got to learn and mental reps matter, and if you don't take them, you can't be Patrick Mahomes. If Mahomes and Rodgers or Brady are doing it, you got to do it too. Yeah, how many division winners have freshman quarterbacks? Let's see, Justin Herbert's freshman year, they were four and eight, and he's really good. <laughs> it's making NFL money, <laughs> and, he's and he is really apparently going to make NFL money for yeah. a very long time. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. The only debate on him is: uh, is he going to go to the Hall of Fame? Is he going to win a Super Bowl? Right. All these other questions, like is he going to be a starter for ten years? If healthy, yes. Obviously, yeah, yeah and, obviously, and he's really good. Um, but you look at these dudes, and and the thing about it, it's like you almost want a Justin Herbert in that regard because he wasn't a high big time recruit. He was thinking about playing yeah. baseball. I talked to him. 
He was at Pac-12 Media Day multiple years. I talked to him. And this whole football thing. So it's a little Kyler Murray-ish there. Kind of came out of the blue a little bit. Multiple sports. and Yeah, but Murray was a premier quarterback. I don't think Herbert, it's not like he stumbled into it. Right. But he wasn't thinking he was going to be an NFL quarterback. But Murray Costelli was thinking, and the other dude, yeah. Tuttle, thinking they're going to be an NFL quarterback. I, I got to get out on the field. I, yes, you're right. I thought Murray was like, I'm playing college football because it's good and fun, but I'm signing the baseball money because you can stay healthier and have a longer career. And then you find out, hey, you're not a pretty good quarterback. You're a great quarterback. No, no, that's not why he did it. No, no, no. You don't think so? Because be- baseball is too damn hard. <laughs> he already had. How big was his contract? Wasn't it Oakland who signed him? Yeah, yeah, he was a first round pick. Yeah, but that's why guys. They, you think he wasn't gonna? You think he thought he wasn't gonna make it? I'm not gonna hit sliders. The easier sport. Why do you think soccer exists in the first place? It's no coincidence that their seasons run the same time, <laughs> because it's way easier. I love the way you just. It's the <laughs> truth. Stuff together. Hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. Why do you so think why do they bail together? out of it? Because it's easier to do this. If they could, they would. What do you think Deion Sanders? No. They're over here because this sport is way easier. This sport here, baseball. And you got to be over 80 to appreciate it. We all know that. The average fan's 107 years old on ventilators. and <laughs> But it's the hardest thing to do. So, of this. course, they choose football. What an age is a premier athlete. Did he fail in baseball relative to basketball? Yes. True story. And all these quarterbacks, we've seen it over the years. They're like 28. They washed out in the minors, and then they go to football. Chris Winky. John David Booty. Or is it David John Booty? I don't know. No, Which I one? I think it's John David. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> right. His booty didn't make it in baseball. So what do they do? <laughs> I just gave him a I just gave him an air drum rim and a shot. Very good one. At yeah, that. thank you, thank you. I knew and you so liked it. I can see the look on your face. You were trying to hold it together. And I'm like, you shouldn't hold it together. You they lose choose it. football because they can't play baseball because it is the hardest thing to do. That's why you go down a field and you see all little Johnnies and Janies kicking a ball. They're if you all need, in a massive group. You go to the baseball field. What is it? It's empty because it's have, too damn hard. If you if you play air guitar and you need a drummer for your air band, I'm your guy. It's too damn hard. So let's play this sport. It's way easier. If you need a real drummer, I'm I'm not your guy. And if you're a little bit tougher, you play lacrosse. (laughs) (laughs) Or a little little meaner. But you still you don't have the skill to play baseball. Yeah, but when you need when you need to hit somebody with a stick and have it be legal, you go to lacrosse. Right. Okay, because that person is standing there. <laughs> but it's not something that's moving coming at you wow. that might hit you and all that stuff. Come on. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Big T, Thurl Bailey, the Utah Jazz are on a seven-game win streak. PK's talked about winning 17 out of 20. Is this the time? Home games in front of them. Of course, the last time we said that, they lost home games to teams that were really sure inferior. 
but they lost him anyway. Is this time going to be different? We'll talk with Big T next. Stay with us. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. The athletic director at the University of Utah, Mark Harling. I'm curious what the difference in financial impact a Rose Bowl is as compared to like an Armed Forces Bowl. Here's what I know to be true. It's not extra millions falling into the athletic department in that way, but it's broader a, a lift to the entire university. That makes it such a special thing. I mean, on January 1, there'll be more people focused in on the brand of Utah, you know, maybe outside of the Final Four years ago um, on that day. And it's hard to put a value number on that, but uh, we're just most excited about all the energy surrounding the University of Utah. I mean, I think, guys, when this thing is said and done, we may have 60,000-plus fans based on some of the data I was looking at. We're going to be unbelievable in our representation of the game, and that's just so exciting. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ PK, it's time to welcome in Big T, Thurl Bailey. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Smart Rain's state-of-the-art smart irrigation controller helps with first-class water management. Visit smartrain.net to learn how to save 30 to 50% on your commercial property's water costs or call 877-346-3333. Big T, good morning. What's going on? Long time no talk to. Yeah, well... College football is slowing down. The Jazz are picking up steam. People are excited, have high expectations. Now, the last time the Jazz came home for a long stretch of games, things didn't go exactly as we expected. The time before that, things didn't go as expected. I'm looking at the schedule. They had five in a row at home, and they lost to Indiana and Miami. Everybody was disappointed. Came back home. For four in a row, lost the first one to New Orleans. Now, since then, they've won seven in a row. They swept a road trip and looked good. I think a lot of Jazz fans are thinking, this is going to get great because they're going to play six in a row at home between now and Christmas. Is it really going to get great? Or like the last two home stands, is there going to be a step backwards? What are you thinking? What's the vibe? How are you feeling? Where are you getting at, DJ? Where are you getting at, man? Are they better on the road than they are at home? They come home and think it's going to be too easy, and then it's not. Yeah, there's always that. Um, I, you know, as much as I've been around this team and basketball itself, and there's no guarantees, obviously, but there is something to um, noticing a, a change, a difference. You know, I, I think when you talk about the streak, I'm not sure you you get that streak. I don't know if my expectations were they were going to come out of the block and just beat everybody. Um, but they struggled early on, right? They won some games, but, you know, they struggled with games, I think, you know, on paper at least, they they probably should have won. But I don't think they get to where they are now without realizing what they needed to do. And I think that switch was really flipped after that second New Orleans-Pelicans game um, when, you know, they talked about it. Donovan stepped up as a leader and talked about what he needed to do to change, how the team needed to to be better defensively and, and offensively. The shots would fall if they can create enough of them. Um, but defensively, they were just lacking in, in, in what they needed to do to keep other teams from, from going on those runs. So, you know, I, I don't think I, – I think they'll have times when they'll struggle again. But I think consciously now this team has really – something's really happened collectively um, that they're just playing well. And you can play well and lose, but if this Jazz team with all the weapons they have and 
uh, and you know, two great, two really good rim protectors. Um, now, I, I think you'll see a different Jazz team than you saw, you know, on that that home home that first home return. It is the holiday season, Mr. Bailey. Hey, so, PK. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I would like to see, I think this would be way cool because you know, basketball is entertainment, right? You've got this deep, just beautiful voice. Oh, so, there you go. So in the next game, you just broadcast it and act like you're the voice from uh, Mr. Grinch. You're a mean one. That one? <laughs> <laughs> That's no, the one you're talking about? People would just <laughs> roll over laughing. <laughs> I think that's your favorite song. <laughs> and, you know, I looked it up. Who you? you know, I don't know if you know this. I do know it. The vocalist, Thurl Ravenscroft. Yeah, he's named Thurl. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, the voice of Tony the Tiger. They're great. Remember him? Yeah, of course. Yes. And you knew it. You already knew that he, you shared the same first name, and that's the only two guys on the planet that I know have that name. Come yeah. on. You were made for this. You got to drop it at some point in this holiday season. You know you do. You might be right. Like, <laughs> when nobody's expecting it. <laughs> so maybe when a ref makes a bad call. Well, you're going to be broadcasting the game on Christmas night. Yeah, you know, I, I don't like a call a ref makes. Yeah. You're a mean one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. I am so on board with this. I am co-signing this 100%. I give this 10 hot dogs out of 10. Yes, yes. I mean, you were oh, built man. for this, man. That would be awesome. God bless you with this amazing voice. And I mean, you're a dead ringer for it, and you share the same first name. I mean, that's incredible. You were meant to do this. Doesn't get any better than that. Does it? No. You got to tell Travis <laughs> if there's a foul, I will I will tee you up because he's going to need a cue. Tee up tee. Exactly. exactly. And you'll say, you let your voice get real high like you did when you said, hey, BK, and cracked this up. And you'll say, a foul. And Travis will cut to a tight shot of the referee. And then you'll drop the, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, which I'm not going to do because it'll pale oh, no. in comparison it's to you. It's probably yours. better if a, if a player, if one of the jazz players gets a technical foul. Okay. I know we can't we can't bank on that, but. Well, ask Joe to play along. He'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Joe gets that it's entertainment. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Last week we had a Mike Smith, and I told him to work in that. You know that singer from Hawaii that the the guy was the obese guy? Israel was his first name, and he had that Hawaiian last name. And I told him on the post-game show, I said, work it in and get Alema to say it, because Alema can say the name, and it's so cool in his Hawaiian accent, the way he says that guy's name. The guy's a beautiful singer. And he, uh, Mike said, yeah, okay. I said, well, how can I do it? I just say, come on. Mitchell's been in a phenomenal streak. Just say his jump shot now is as pure as that Hawaiian <laughs> singer's name. And he did it. He did it. He did it the other night. And they've been winning. So, of course, you can joke around and have fun when you win. We in the media have learned never joke around when the team is losing. That doesn't work. But when the team is winning, have fun with it. And so he dropped and he got a limit to say the name. So now my mission is to get for you in this holiday season to drop the Mr. Grinch voice and 
I, I just think that you're it's selling it. Yeah, selling. it's entertainment, and the fans will love it. The listeners will love it. I promise you. <laughs> and you may they may even throw it on SportsCenter or something. <laughs> so, oh man. Now with that not, in not mind, we haven't talked in a while. <laughs> now we can get back to basketball. All right. I mean, I can I can drop a basketball question too. I don't know how much players look at standings, but after that, you already referenced that that New Orleans loss, and that Graham hit a phenomenal shot. Good for him. So be it. Uh, but I'm wondering, the team knew that. Okay, we got to get we got to get get going here. How much do you think the fact that I mean, they unto themselves they know they got to get going, irrespective of what's going on. But we see the two teams at the top pulling away a little bit. And maybe the Jazz are thinking, hey, we don't want these guys to get too far ahead of us here. We want to be, you know, seven, eight games back. Uh, so, do you think that had any incentive beyond what they need to do themselves to make sure Phoenix and Golden State don't get too far ahead? No, no, I, I don't personally. Um, not from what I listen to the coaches say when we talk to coaches and we talk to players. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't want to. I mean, you, you kind of let your play do the talking for you. I don't know if you, you you don't focus on the standing, especially this early, right? You just go out, you take each game, and you win. I know it sounds cliche-ish, but you just uh, you play your best basketball, and you see what happens. And um, I think the Jazz are are kind of in that groove. They went through a rough patch there for a while. Now they're coming, they're kind of ascending and and clicking and playing well um and again you know they're going to run into some some buzzsaw teams right uh and 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 teams that are just fighting to survive a play to be a play-in team or or what have you but no i think the short answer to your question is no i don't think they they look at the standings and say wow we can't let these guys get too far ahead that that's a given almost right when you lose games you you know, you don't watch the standings every day to see how far you're dropping. You just try to go out and win the next game and and uh, do what you can do. Worry about what you can control. So Rudy Gay is impressing us. Not so much with the play on the court, although he is impressing us with that. But it, I think a more expected, uh, maybe how quickly and how well he's fitting, a little bit of surprise there. But... We listen to interviews with the Jazz, and we just don't listen to guys be interviewed that often with other teams. And I'm hearing him drop nuggets, and I'm and I, maybe you know Thurl, I don't. Maybe he was like this, you know, in his early 20s. Um, but if he's anything like most of us, you know, we're different at 32 than we are at 22. And and PK was just, PK and Jake were talking about a, a line he just dropped and how impressive it was. And like a week before that, he was asked about fitting in with the Jazz, and he answered a question not by answering it, but he gave a great answer. He says, "Well, coach has a plan." And when he said it, I thought, well, he's been by a coach by someone. He sat in the locker room and thought, this coach doesn't have a plan. <laughs> we are all over the map. <laughs> you know, he had touched the stove and it had been hot. And so he gets here. Quinn lays out a plan. He says, oh, okay, I see what this guy's doing. And I'm just curious. We, we worry about how big a team is, how fast a team is, how, how well a team shoots the ball. But, but how much of the winning equation is having guys who can sit in the locker room, hear the plan, and think, that plan makes sense, this guy's plan makes sense. Because when he said it, he was answering the question, but it wasn't the way anyone expected him to go. Well, first of all, the plan doesn't work unless you can sell it, 
<clears throat> right. I mean, I think Quinn Snyder is a, a genius. All the, the the things that goes through his mind and that he's he's tried to sell these players over the years to get to a championship. Um, and and of course, you know, everyone has to buy in. I, I guess you don't have to buy in, but you know, if if you're looking, if you're Rudy Gay, and you know you you've decided to come to this team for whatever reasons that aren't necessarily about money, you want to win, right? And you you know you've seen this team, you've seen how they operate, you've seen um, the roles that different players play on the team, and then you see yourself fitting into that. So uh, I think Rudy did all that before he even decided to come here. He knew that there was a plan. It was, and he bought into it. But, um, and now he's, you know, he, now that he's healthy and ready and, and playing, um, he's continually buying into it because he knows what his role is. So, so yeah, I think Rudy's in a place in his uh, in his career where he he gets it right. He knows that, you know, it's not necessarily about him, but it is about him and the role, important role that he's going to play on this team to try to bring a, a ring to the state. And so, um, you know, when you look at the Jazz teams last year and year before, what's been missing? Uh, I, I think that, that Rudy Gay piece is amazingly a good fit for the Jazz just because of who he is and his experience and his size and his ability to to stretch the three and play the five on occasion and be out there with Rudy and play the four. So, um, yeah, I think he gets it. He knows that there, there's some ingredients here that, that he's a big part of. And he's been in this league a long time, as we all know, and he's played well for a long time. So when I look at him and his contributions that he makes, I'm not surprised at all because this is what I expected. So he's delivering on what the anticipation was that he would be able to do. The surprise in the addition column comes to me in the form of Hassan Whiteside. I did not know what to expect. I knew he had some good times in the league, and he's had some down times. I did not know he would be this good, this valuable. How about you? Um, I think it was a question mark. For I think we knew how good he could be. Uh, you know, obviously, this is up to him. And I think there was there was a learning curve there, as it is with most new guys who come into a system that they've only seen from the exterior. Um, but his ability to to just play basketball now and understand and, uh, and what the Jazz are trying to accomplish um, is showing. I mean, you know, specifically, <clears throat> you know, in the Jazz's last game in in Washington. Um, it, it, just for him to be able to come in, regardless of how many minutes he plays, um, you know, he comes in and is is an impactful player because he's coming in for a guy who is already a great defender, right? And so now you've got to find your way and your relationship with the guys you're out there on the floor with, pick and roll and all those things. Um, Hassan, is he's got a lot of ability. And I think he's even going to get better as the season goes on, as he learns how to stay in games and, and not get in foul trouble in a short amount of minutes. But my goodness, what a luxury to have two bigs. That's what I'm excited about because, you know, there was a while that we weren't talking about bigs in the league. We were talking about them being a dinosaur. 
and playing small ball for everybody, right? So, you know, it's just refreshing to have two guys who are impacting the game, kind of in an old school way, but but doing their thing to, you know, to to bring again get the ultimate goal here, but just bring a championship. So there's some good pieces there with, with obviously two really good bigs. All right, Thoreau, we could talk to you all day long. We could also listen to you sing about the Grinch all day long. <laughs> I suspect you have more to do than just chat with us, but we'll have you back on the show, and we'll see if the Jazz have piled up a bunch more wins before then. All right, guys. Big T, we appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. All talk right. Guys again. Bye-bye. Big T Bailey. Watch Jazz games and see if he breaks into the Grinch. He's got to, doesn't he? I hope he does. Oh, God, Man, I want him to do that so badly. Mike Smith played along. He dropped Goliath in a game recently, and it was hilarious. Now, you had the Mike Smith, but we were going to play it, but we didn't play it? Yeah, I didn't get it in a timely fashion, but I've got it, and we are going to play it. You still it. have it? I, I think I do, yeah. <laughs> you still have sent it. <laughs> Might as well send it. I know. Next time we have Mike on. That, yeah, that's the next time that it would be appropriate, yes, exactly. And Thurl has got to do. Yes. Come on, Thurl. He's got to do the Grinch. Do I mean, it. He, do I, it. Do I it. had no idea that the guy, the original guy, was also named Thurl. I didn't either. I didn't know that. That's funny. That's and a he funny, knew it. funny footnote. I don't know how many people there are named Thurl running around. Two. Now nah, there got to be more than two, but it's not a common name. Got to be more than two. I'm going to name my next kid Thurl. <laughs> It's going to be the next kid. <laughs> You're fast that. Come on, dude. Whoa, 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 whoa. We just talked about Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> he had a kid when he was in his 70s, man. You're not, you're not doing then that. Then, like, Tony Randall? And what was the? What was Dick Van Dyke's best movie? <laughs> chitty, chitty, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> Some people would say Mary Poppins, but I disagree. No. And that says it all, right? <laughs> all right, DJ PK. Coming up, Dylan Colley, former he BYU wide receiver. Done. Joins us in about I'm 15 minutes. I'm just getting started. <laughs> you are not. Joins us in about 15 minutes. And we'll talk uh, Independence Bowl with Dylan coming up. And we'll also talk Kalani contract with him. DJ PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. After a long wait, the Cougars finally know where they're going bowling as Kalani Sitaki and BYU is headed to the Independence Bowl. Independence Bowl. The Zone Sports Network will get you ready for kickoff as the Cougars wrap up an incredible season in a battle against UAB. Your home for the best coverage of Cougar football is right here. Right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Minka Couture wants to help you out this holiday season with a perfect gift. Stop by a new location from Ogden to St. George today. Mention Zone 50 and save 50%. Guys, it's a no-brainer. Get in today, save 50%, and get the best gift ever from Minky Couture. I love her voice. Question of the day. Mm-hmm. The you, Utes. Uh, I thought, what to get your old lady for Christmas? Okay. What do you want to get your old lady for Christmas? I, I don't know, because i got to go shopping today. <laughs> you got to come up with something. I used to get her a cocktail dress every year at Kmart. Those have been hard to come by recently. I know, but Kmart's not around anymore. Kmart was my store, man. I don't know. But yeah, know. that Kmart and Murray, all gone. You didn't buy enough cocktail dresses to keep them going. If I would have known, I would have bought like three or four to, to <laughs> carry me over. Yeah. And then this way I can see, okay, you know, you're keeping yourself in shape because I get the same size every year. So it's incentive, too. 
You know, I look out for her health. I care. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think I want to talk about this with you. (laughs) (laughs) I care about my wife's health. What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. Right. Possibly the way you were expressing it. I was expressing it in a manner that everyone was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I was thinking. (laughs) You want your wife to be in optimum shape because that enhances our chances of living longer. I was thinking about the health scare your wife had, and you were very concerned about her then. As oh, yeah, when been. the doctor says you got three weeks? Yeah, yeah sure. That's, 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 <laughs> if there's a time to be concerned, <laughs> Doc, I need to be concerned now. Am I right? He's like, yes, that's my point. That's why I'm talking well, to you. Well, we're people. past that. Let's go. Thankfully, extremely, very well. No, she gets up every freaking day and exercises, man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, It's funny. I've seen that with people when you have a literal life-threatening illness is what she had with the cancer. Take everything more serious going forward. My father had the heart attack Uh in uh, Thanksgiving 04, right? I'm in now. Well, the smoking went away right away. Immediately. Boom. And then they set out a plan for him to do. Uh And he did it. 100%. Nice. So what they have, like more walking. Yeah, all that stuff that goes into. Some diet stuff. He probably had to eat more fruits and vegetables. Yeah, all the the rehabbing from it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember specifically what it was. But I remember. And taking naps and all. And and he was just religious to the point where he didn't vary at all. And so he was 75 at the time, and he got another 10 years. And eight of those 10 were solid. I mean, great years. <laughs> you know, the last yeah. two, you get older, right. and it's not usually good. And we understand all that. So it's a sucky part of life. But I've seen so many folks, when they're faced with that situation... How they just buckled. And the human spirit is just amazing in what you can accomplish and what you can overcome. I'm telling nothing that nobody doesn't know. And we've all got examples. I'm sure you've got examples of all that. I mean, look at Yach. He decided, uh, what, uh, X amount of time ago he needed to lose weight? And he got super serious about it, man. How you doing, Yach? How's that trending? 44 pounds. Nice. Right. He put his mind to it. Committed he to said, it. Committed. And a commitment, like, uh, like you were telling us you went out uh, and you went out with ice cream for your kids or something, but you didn't have any. I mean, the temptation. But no, he set his mind to it, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the commitment. It's absolutely amazing what people can accomplish when they just decide, this is what we're going to do. And you look at Utah football. So many of these kids decided, Nick Ford, Devin Lloyd, we're going to come back. Last year sucked, right? It didn't. It was just an awful year for everybody. And they decided, we're going to come back, and we're going to win this division. And that's not all. Winning division isn't good enough for the University of Utah football program anymore. How about that? That's not good enough. It's just a step on the way. It's just yeah. a marker you pass. That's amazing. If you're a Ute fan and you look at your football th- program and say, Winning the division isn't where it's at. That either means that you're just trying to get to six wins and you know winning the division isn't possible or winning the conference. Those are the two areas. You know what I mean? Like Arizona, they're not worried about winning the division. Next year, if Fish gets them to six wins. They'll celebrate. Yeah, and they should. Step forward. Yeah, massive. Building the program. Massive step. Right. And there's going to be a time, I don't know if it's next year or the year after, there's going to be a time that Arizona 
is going to be bowl eligible again, right? There's well, just, it, it's just better be. <laughs> there will be. There will be. There's no doubt. Now what about Colorado? Uh, I think Colorado too, but I think Arizona has a better shot at it. Closer to California, I think geographically, uh, they're set up for more opportunity to get better players just by who they are. But Utah has passed that, and they're going to the Rose Bowl, and that's why they need to maximize all the benefits that come from the Rose Bowl. That's what we've been talking about this morning, and it is imperative that they do that. Arizona at San Diego State, home to Mississippi State next year. They might be 0-2 out of the gate. <laughs> Maybe six wins next year is a little too early. That I wonder but who they, made that schedule because Rich Rod was adamantly opposed to playing anybody. But if they get one of those two, they'll feel great about themselves. The they got North Dakota State for their third game. Well, they lost to NAU last year. <sighs> well, there's that. Yeah. But if they're good enough to win one of the first two, then I figure they're good enough to win the it's third. The first game. time ever that two of the three institutions of higher learning that I went to beat the U of A in the same season. <laughs> <laughs> and Grand Canyon doesn't have a football team. <laughs> You're not picking a W up there. Right. So I went 2-0 against the Cats last year. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver. We'll talk to him about BYU, the commitment to the coach and the coaching staff and the football program across the board. And we'll talk about the bowl game as well. Get his picks. Stay with us.